The red light is on, and we are live to the only MMA podcast that gives you financial advice while we drink. I'm your host, Jolly Roger, alongside Bill and Jess, and this is Championship Round. And we are back with another episode. Couldn't be more happy. Although Jess is not with us, man's getting married this weekend, so can't fault him too much for for not being with us at this moment. We got Bill on the other side here. This is the the week. My my wife has already told me multiple times this week that she is sick of hearing me talk about this upcoming card. I can't say that I care too much because of how much I've been excited. Justin and I have been talking about this card, actually, I think since the very first podcast. So that just kind of shows you the value that we put on this card. But to digress, we haven't gotten to that main event yet. Bill, how are you doing today? I'll be honest. I'm okay. I still feel shitty. I'm in the Northeast. Seasons change. Pollen. My sinuses have been beating the hell out of me for the last week. Easily week. I still said there's a big sniffle right there. I'm trying not to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, it killing me, man. Just the pressure, the blah, 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 blah. But I'm not going to make excuses. Still here. Uh, just is, oh, damn, the wild scored again to go up 4-0 at St. Louis. Oh, There's no wow. way. BBB joins us. side. Uh, I'm going to troll him live. But, you know, just is getting married. I think that's tremendous. It's beautiful. I mean, anybody, I mean, I can barely put up with just so some, you know, chick that wants to live with him. So, I mean, God bless. <laughs> but. King of Delta, Kyle. He's the king of Delco. But uh, congratulations to uh, Just. He actually hopped on earlier before we started. Like, that's wild he still hopped in. He had so. texted me that his – so he wasn't expecting all of his boys to come out the day before. He was expecting them to come in. So, actually, they all got together, surprised him. They went out drinking. So – can't fault him on the past two weeks of not being on the podcast for the listeners here. He'll be he'll be back. He officially will be a whipped man, so he will be a his life's over. Yeah. And no <laughs> For as many jokes about that, I also do have to give a shout out to probably the most loyal listener we have and, and that's my wife. So shout out to her. Uh she she keeps his podcast rolling more than than most. So she had asked me recently why I haven't talked about her, but here we are. So we will get into we're get, we're going to start it off. We got to do, baby. Let's go. <laughs> we're going to get get off with a little bit of of news first. So we're recording this on Friday, post weigh in. There's an elephant in the room. We're going to talk about that at the end of the podcast. When we talk about the main event, we won't talk about that early. Earlier in the week, we had a YouTube interview in which 
they this took place with Dana White and Dana White's war room, and we were able to get a insight into some of the fights that were potentially on the board. And so we have like in we we were able to see that Adesanya is the targeted fight for the July 2nd card. A couple of these other different fights they're looking to make in the future, we realize that now these are this is the actual War Room card based on some of the fights that they are now announcing. How the War Room works is it's fight that they've offered multiple or each of the fighters the contracts to and they're waiting for signatures, waiting for managers, waiting for all of that. So it's not necessarily fights that are scheduled but on that July 2nd card as well is an interesting fight that off the top of the dome doesn't seem like a fight that should make sense, but it's Nate Diaz and Hamzat. Bill, do you think that that fight actually takes place? And once again, that's a fight that we'll be at. I think it will take place as soon as I download the latest video game for the UFC and I make it myself. There is absolutely zero chance in anything but the metaverse or video game world that that fight happens. I saw the leak, the alleged leak, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I chalk all of that up to that's a wish list. That's maybe what they want to do in like a strategy type meeting. That's not how matchmaking goes down. It might be what they want. There's contracts that have to be offered. They have to be signed. It has to go back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And I look just from a ComSec, like just from an info security position alone, not knowing anything about combat sports, when something like that gets leaked out, okay, it was either on purpose or it wasn't. So that so, is also some of my other question is, do yeah. you think that was... Dana White on purpose making it in there and hoping that something like that goes because that it, it's a little bit of a weird situation where great question we only saw tidbits of it right it wasn't like yeah, it was right. a obvious leak where it's like right. oh hey I'm standing behind my war room oh fuck let me let me get over to the side where yep. where it's not showing this was a legitimate, we're scanning, in it, and it shows these. Okay, so here's where the logic tree comes into play, right? And from everything I know about the UFC from fighters themselves, and they don't have access to this, right? So it's just just because I don't know it to be true doesn't mean it's not true. Like, they might have a war room. That, that could be a real-world thing. Highly, highly doubt that. I doubt that's a war room that all the matchmakers and Dana White and they post stuff. They have an idea of what they want to do and what they can market and what they can do. So real simple, bring the logic tree into effect because Dana White's in the room, right? So Dana White's there. So, all right, let's say it's true. Like it's a leak. Holy hell. Whoever did that is now fired. You're done. 
you're gone. You're banished from the UFC, and they're going to smash you in MMA journalism. Like, So what do you get from leaking that? Because they will find out who it was. They know who's in that room. They know who has phones. They can narrow it down. So if it's true that it was a leak, all right, thanks, dude, they leaked it, but you're fucked. Well, so no, it was a, actually, it was a YouTube interview that took place where those came. So it was an interview in which they kind of scanned from the beginning that they were able to see, and that's where we're getting screenshots of this. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't, say, a secondary person that was showing it. It was a interview where where they're scanning you're able to see in the back room this war room plan Still and is. we're seeing from excellent some of the the fights that they've just announced that it actually is in fact maybe accurate well not not even maybe that it is accurate that this is part of the plan that Dana White has but this is also so there's a little bit of a caveat to all of this in terms of a huge fight that's taking place and or that is on the, the table to take place, and that is John Jones versus Stipe. Well, we've heard from John Jones that Stipe says September is when he'll be ready for this fight. He's a little bit older, so it makes sense that he needs over that eight-week period for a fight camp. That Keep just going. makes sense. Keep that going. makes sense. Well, That's why the whole... Oh, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And we're going to say, but on the leak, what it says is the interim championship versus Stipe versus John is July 30th. Okay? So we have that as what we're seeing in the leak. Now, John Jones went on Instagram Live and just talked about how UFC with Steve A versus Jones is playing games with this fight and making it hard to make. So this kind of brings into a situation of is UFC and Dana White and the matchmakers kind of forcing the hand of some of these fighters because they're wanting to make it for the July 30th card, which can potentially take place in Chicago, close to where Stipe is. You'd have a lot of people from the Ohio area bleed over into it. You'd have John Jones as well. It'd be an absolutely massive crowd in that, that area that they're talking about. But... That is not the date that Steve A wants. That's that's not the date that. So it comes down to, it almost comes down to who's lying or who's trying to force the hand. Does UFC and Dana White really want it for the July thirtieth, and they're trying to force the hand of both Steve A and John to sign it? When, from all accounts and purposes, from the mouth of the horse with John. Well, that also, it, we don't know if it's from the mouth of the horse when John Jones is saying that Stipe says September. So it's it's this really weird situation where Dolly. the UFC wants this late July 
Stipe says, no, I want it September, according to Jones. It's just a really weird situation, and it brings into the question, is this what Dana White wanted, or was this an accidental leak? Look at Stipe, look at John Jones, right? When they want to fight, how far apart are they? That's a great question because John Jones is not young anymore. He's not the young champion that he once was. And Stipe, fuck, we know what Stipe's age is. We know that Golly. he's taken this is so in... much damage that he needs this... a full training camp. This is incredibly leaked. Incredibly leaked. Because now everybody, including us, is talking about it. Do you remember when Dana White wanted to drop the bomb, drop the Brock Lesnar bomb, and Ariel Hawani yep. caught wind? Like hundred percent. Everybody that remembers that, right? Right. And, and listen, I've met Ariel. Uh, he's a nice guy. Have you really? In, have you met yeah, Ariel? Right. So I for sure. Several I will times. say well, uh, twice. I will say twice. I love Ariel. Um, Kayla Harrison was on the podcast just recently, or the video, or whatever the fuck you want to call it that he has. The MMA Hour. We'll just say it so everybody knows. Was on in saying that he stirs the pot, and I a hundred percent agree that he is a pot stirrer. That he wants some of these, these. Kind of the fuck. I I I can't even really think of the words. He wants these quotes to get out and sort of make these headlines, not necessarily clickbait, but but headline type oh. words. I also he think he had one of the it. most one of the most intelligent conversations with. Francis Ngannou about his situation, and it was one that is arguably the most influential in MMA history that we are seeing. So that's a credit to him as well. I I love him, but I also think he stirs the pot. He's a fucking jackass. (laughs) He is, and I I, I remember when I saw him for the first time, and just because I'm biased. We're all biased. We all judge. But I'm like, you know what? Like, Ariel is kind of a pioneer, too. Like, he's kind of just... 100%. You know what I mean? So, I respect that. So, all right, let me let me witness him in his own environment. And, man, such a smug little... Ugh. <laughs> I, dude, I, I remember the guy that walked me up. I will not mentioned his name because I've had interactions with Ariel on social media before this right so it's not like it's a shocker mm-hmm. dude roll up and I'm like alright because some people put that like media persona out there and I totally get it I totally respect that like that's what you're doing that's your job that's not who you are but as soon as I met him I, I just went ugh a little bit of a slimy uh, used, like, used dude, card salesman type persona, dude. To him. 
condescending, like smug and smarmy. And I was uh, totally put off. Gave him the second chance. Walked out like at the weigh-ins. Hey, hey, what do you think of this and that? And it just, it just totally gravitates toward him, 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 what he's doing. I don't know. Listen, he's a pioneer. I'll tip my cap for that. I know a lot of fighters like him. He put the platform out there. But right now, nah, dude. Dude, fuck him. Because he broke that Brock shit. Like, I get every journalist wants to break everything. But, like, you kind of have to understand. Your, your wagon is hitched to the UFC horse. They have to pull you. So if they want to do something and big and drop it, maybe let them do that and get the exclusive at another angle at another time. When he dropped that and then he, he fucking cried on his podcast, dude, nah, done. Fuck that. Well, that's a weird one, too, because he's claiming that the UFC didn't, didn't fully say, hey, this is keep this yeah, information. Not he's leak. a fucking... Cause he's a fucking weasel, that, and that's what they do. They, they just hold on. You're gonna get me on this fucking rant. He he just claims on this technicality and wants to play a fucking victim, dude. You're an idiot. This is the greatest organization that you can possibly fucking cover, and it's in your backyard. And you're credentialed. I would have revoked your credentials seventeen hundred times. In the fucking Spanish, what's the fucking cry about? Let them drop it, you fucking idiot. Because the better they do, the better you fucking do. And now you have a job, and I have to read your stupid fucking articles all over Twitter. One hundred percent. That that is. Like, what are you? What are you doing? Should, what the fuck are you been, doing? It should have been one of those unwritten type rules where it is. He was aware of the Brock situation. So in in what just for for listeners that aren't necessarily clear of the situation, so yeah, he had that. I fucking went off. He had been talking about how he knew some of these situations were ahead of the time, like when Sam Punk came on, that he knew that ahead of the time. UFC said directly, "Hey, don't leak this. We want to come in." Well, he said. That when Brock came to the UFC, that they didn't want to leak that, or they they that they never said, "Hey, don't leak this." So he took that as, "Hey, I can say that Brock's coming to the UFC," where the UFC thought that it would be implied that, "Hey, this is big news. Don't fucking leak it." And so that's where the miscommunication came in. This is when this is not the first okay. time. This was not the first time that Ariel and Dana butted heads, but this was kind of one of the last straws in terms of the complex relationship that they have. Fighters so, too, not just not just Dana White. Because listen, I'm not a Dana White apologist by any fucking means. No, I think you're an idiot if you are. So that's neither of us are an apologist for for what he does. But at the same time, we're able to be diplomatic and say that there is some relationship between diplomatic. Yes. And as maybe as much of a motherfucker as Uncle Dana is, like he's brought up 
countless of no-name people and giving them that kind of shot. So it's fucking. It's we're talking take. about uh, you the no-name I mean? guy that that's in the fucking main event, Mister Charles Oliveira. That man would. Why don't we do that? Why don't Why don't we? Well, I don't want. Let's. We won't get into the the main event, but I want to yeah, talk right, about you're that right, you're a little bit because main event's going to be at the top of the hour. We are going to talk about that at the end of the show. But Charles yeah. Oliveira coming from Brazil, also the fact that he was a he was losing uh, quite a bit of fights before he kind of flipped that switch. But Let's Dana, talk about Dana that White knew that he would be a... And I wouldn't say that Dana White knew he would be a champion. I think that that's a, a far stretch. But when you're talking about the fact that Dana White took the chance on him after quite a few, few losses, Frankie Edgar, Cub Swanson, Cerrone yes. he lost to. Yes, 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 yes. So a lot of these guys that you're... And obviously, these are Jim Miller is another one, mortal. That's so he. I mean, he lost to good guys. That's we're not going to deny the fact that he lost to good guys. But he did. Anthony Pettis is another one. Fox UFC or UFC on Fox twenty one. The Condit fight, and then he back to back loss. Ramos is a big loss, and that is talking about he lost by guillotine. One of the guys that fucking oh, is a submission to tactician. Yeah, Charles Oliveira lost by submission to. Not only that, he also lost to Anthony Pettis by guillotine. He lost I back that to fight. back so, fucking guillotines oh, yeah. by Lamas yeah. and Pettis. Yep, I remember both of those fights. And keep keep going through his fight history. Will Brooks. He wins by submission, RNC, gets it done in the first round. And then the friend of the show, great guy that we are going to have back on the show at some point, someone gave him an elbow in the second round, four minutes and six seconds into the second round. This was a pick fight. Charles Oliveira was a minus 115 Yes, this he was. This other guy was a minus 105. Who was it, Bill? I don't know, but his price by KO was nice. The Irish dragon. The Irish lung. The German dragon. The German dragon. Paul Felder Paul was able Felder to KO, was... TKO him. Yes, Second he did. Smash him. 406. And this is, this is the also interesting point we're going to go through. We're going to go through this real quick. We're going to set it up. Let's Such look through Charles Oliveira's over under three rounds, two rounds, three rounds, three rounds. Ooh, the myth is going to come out. Okay. Bring out the it. myth. We get it. We get it. Bring a out lot the of myth. The last one that went into the third round under two and, two and a half is Frankie Edgar when he lost by decision. And that was in 2013. I remember I, that fight, I'm too. Gonna, I'm going to leak a little information here. I'm not, I'm not going with the trend. So that's one there, too. 
Everybody can take what they will. From what do you mean you're not get going to with that, the trend? I'm not going with the trend. You know okay. exactly what I mean. Charles Oliveira stops mean. people under two and a half rounds. Fuck the trend. <sighs> All right, you know we'll what? get to that let's in a minute. Get back, let's get into this. So we're going to go. We had a great previous card f- that Font and Cheeto fight was unbelievable. The only thing that really I can say, so we know we talked about this in the previous week about how I kind of ripped Font for, or not now, I wouldn't even say that I ripped Font for missing weight. I would rip what the punishment is for ripping weight. And for those who... Rightfully so. Those who are aware of the situation that took place today, and I think everybody should be aware because there was an ESPN notification of Charles Oliveira missing weight. Furious. This this is massive implications, not only for the fact that he cannot win the UFC title, that he has to forfeit it, but he also has to forfeit all pay-per-view points that go to Rose Nalgunas. Correct. This is the one time that I'm okay with the punishment for missing weight. This right here, if if you want to miss weight, and I'm not, this is it too. I am not saying it's easy to make weight. Don't get me confused with saying that it is easy to cut down this weight. It's in no way, shape, or form. We saw Justin Gaethje say that three hours after he weighed in, he was 10 pounds heavier, 10% heavier than he was, 20 pounds, sorry, 20 pounds heavier. He weighed in at the weight, was 165 at the point that he showed three hours later, 10% of his weight. And he was saying, the quote was on his Instagram, this poor bastard still has to make weight while I'm sitting at this. And it was a scale of him showing 165.5. So I'm not saying it's easy to make weight. Don't get that confused. Don't come at me for that. But you agree to a championship weight. You hold the belt. You hold the rubies. You hold all this shit because you're able to make this weight. And when you don't, you should be stripped of the title. And I... I don't necessarily agree with having to lose the pay-per-view points because I think the fighter should be paid more. So that's a little bit tough for me to swallow. I'm I'm not going to be I'm not going to lie about that. I think he should still get some pay-per-view points. I am a guy that's completely ready for these guys to be paid more money as they should. So but that's tough. But on the same side, he does have that much more incentive to make the weight. And when he doesn't, there's a lot more implications. So if you're the main event, you're the champion, and you miss weight, I agree with a lot of the stipulations that they're putting on him. And you should have all of these taken away. Golly. I've gone on several rants about players missing weight. 
that I was very upset. Part of the game. This has me furious. I know it does. You've you texted do. in the group chats. You've you've texted in the Twitter chats. You've done all all of this to let everybody know how upset and pissed you are at Oliveira. And I'm, I'm an Oliveira fan. Like uh, that's why I as am I had to go through. All his record, he's still relatively young. He flipped that switch. He's there. You he, and he's fought at one forty-five. You can not miss weight as a champion. 100%. So all this other cute little, you know, Dana White leaked this, didn't leak that. This this fight's gonna happen. This that doesn't mean shit. If Oliver doesn't win this fight. They're going to recycle him so fucking far back. Oh, it's 100%. There, you cannot you cannot miss. And listen. I saw all the tweets. We weigh in on, you know, two different scales, one in the back, mm-hmm. he thought he this had is, it. This, this is what I was going to bring in as well. I don't want to fucking hear it because I remember very specifically, because I was there, a UFC card where Habib in Brooklyn was going to defend the belt, and it fell through. It was probably one of the Ferguson fucking tripping over whatever Mike court. They tried to bring Max Holloway in. They couldn't. There's no way he was going to make weight. Paul Felder cut all the way down to 155 to weigh in and said, if you need a replacement, I got the championship weight. I'm right here. He was supposed to fight Ally Quinta that night, who actually got the nod and got the fight through the NY. As they say, we'll, we'll save that for another fucking story another time. And Paul also took a fight on five days notice with RDA where he cut 25 pounds in five days. And Habib, who I will always go down as saying is the greatest lightweight ever, and did have a couple weight-cutting issues early. Dude, no one knows. These guys walk around at 190, 195. If you tell me Habib cuts 40 pounds to get to 145, I don't blink an eye. Charles, you signed a contract to get to 155. If the scale in the back that's digital or the one in your hotel said this or said that, you should have weighed in first. Just like Justin did. He was right there. The fact that you weighed it, you thought you were good, you were going to rehydrate. Guess what? It didn't work out. The scale moved. I don't want to hear, well, it moved for Habib and Abu Dhabi or this or that one. I don't want to fucking hear it. You signed a contract. This is what you do for a living. What I do for a living, if I don't don't come through, I don't fulfill, leave that for another podcast. This is what you do. I have no remorse for you to miss by a half a pound. None. It and you know what, Bill? It was it was two fifty four. It was against Justin Gaethje. That uh, yeah, it was the Gaethje. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was there. Thank you, thank and you it for was, looking that up. It was controversial in Abu Dhabi, Bill. You are a hundred percent correct on fight was, Island. Yeah. That when you look at the scales, he 
He didn't make weight. And and you know, and for those no that chance don't, he made it. No chance. For those that don't know, I am, and if you look at my Twitter at Jolly Roger Betts, I am at Jolly Roger Betts, the pirate you flag. Have way more followers. In quote in quote in uh parentheses, Justin Gaethje Stan. So I want you all to know that I'm the since that Ferguson fight, I was already a a decent Gaethje fight I, or Gaethje fan. I was one of those that I loved the style of the fight. That just since he was in lower promotions, actually loved the leg kicks, loved just the ability for him to go out there. But when he beat Tony well, Ferguson, the way that he clipped that switch, that was when I became a straight diehard. And there is no one on this card or no one on this roster that I am a bigger fan of. And for UFC fans, you are not a true UFC fan if your heart rate doesn't go through the roof when your favorite fighter enters that octagon or even on fucking fight week. I don't want to hear it on fight on fight week. My wife actually told me I'm so sick of hearing you talk about this fight because that's how much I've been talking about Gaethje. I put out a highlight video of Gaethje on my with Dreams Nightmare by Meek Mill. I put that out on my Twitter. It's just that's how much I'm involved, how much of a fan I am. My cousin took him hunting on a trip. We have our boy DB that is at the same training center that Gaethje trains at, had an opportunity to train him, didn't, but he is at the same center. So it is just so much that Gaethje's actually intertwined in these people that I know that I've become a bigger and bigger fan. So when I say that I am nervous and probably more nervous than fucking Justin going into this fight, you know I mean it. Yeah, which is the cool part because I'm not fucking nervous at all. Because one, I'm not getting married this weekend. Uh-huh. Like just. And yeah, like the King of Delco. And two, I'm not a Justin Gaethje stand accountant. Mm-hmm. But I will I will admit he's he's won me over. He's so easy to root for. 100%. Because everybody can relate with something like, dude, this guy's gonna go in there, and he's just gonna be what I what I wish I was. You know what the, I mean? Like, uh, who was it? He's just I, a warrior. He's the warrior I wish I was. Justin Gagey. And you know what? I I apologize for whoever it is that I forget who said. I'm not gonna look it up. So that's that's just it. But they said that Justin Gaethje quote incoming. Justin Gaethje's willing to put him on, uh, put himself on fire just to burn the other person a little bit. I forget who said it. Someone said it in the comments. Amen. Please tell me. But that is the Please. most accurate a, quote, quote yep. I've ever heard of Justin Gaethje, and that's why I'm such a fan. Actually, really, why I'm a fan is what Trevor Whitman was able to do with Gaethje, and that is able to have him flip the switch of being this guy that's able to, that is unable, actually, 
to flip the switch and be a tactician when he has you hurt. Tony Ferguson was the first fight that he showed us that when he has a deer hurt, that he's able to just pick him apart, slam the leg, able to hit him with the shots, and then finish him on the feet. That's that's the first time that, that he has not been able to rush in, potentially get caught, potentially even make the rounds fucking close. That he's been able to be this surgeonal, this surgeon tactician, that's able to, I'm gonna block you with the high guard, switch my feet, and hook you. And there were a lot of good. I, I'll link it in the inst- in in the link. But there's an Instagram account. I think it's like the one minute breakdown or the 30 second breakdown that talks about how when he goes high guard with his punches. He switches his feet so he's able to get that overhand right. And that's what's so devastating is you think you're able to hit this man with punches. He's blocking him, and then he, out of nowhere, hits you with this overhand right that's stunning. That's it. And if he doesn't hit you with the overhand right, guess what he's going to do? He's going to jab and uppercut. And that is exactly what put... the What put... um his name uh what put chandler on his ass was he thought he was getting the punches in they were blocked and the uppercut sat him right down on his ass it was a great fight that was such a great fight and i tell you what if this fight takes place a few years earlier later like especially earlier Oliveira was terrible Mm-hmm. 100%. Right? And he, he, he just... had a reputation for giving up. Well, guess what? That's gone. Yeah. 100%. He doesn't give up anymore, and he's learned some stand-up. And he's not, he's knocked out good opponents. Yeah, and... and I don't think he's fallen in love with that. And I think that's where the downfall... Listen, I want, I want Gaethje to win especially since Oliveira missed weight. I want nothing more than Gaethje to come out and leg kick him into oblivion for the first couple of minutes and then KO him. But but we will, Charles, you know what? I'm going to stop you a little bit right there because I know where you're headed with this. Okay, and we're right, right. we're going to stop and we're going to yeah, go into the early right. prelims. Let's do I it. have a fight that I actually think it is the first fight of the prelims that I'm actually a big fan of. And that is Journey Newsome. He, at most cards, he's kind of gone up on the fight. He was a, usually around the plus 110, plus 150 era. Fernando Garcia, I he's been a Dana White contender series guy, an LFA guy. The overhand right is how he won in the Contender Series. I don't think that he has the power that people are thinking. He won against Joshua Weems. You know what? Joshua Weems fucking is going to be a cold call spam account guy in the next two years. I don't... I don't want to hear about what you think of Joshua Weems, okay? All respect to that guy. 
I respect everybody that gets into the cage. But say, yeah. Come but on. come on, Joshua Weems does not have a chin of these guys, and you know what? He also doesn't have the chin up. He doesn't have the chin of Newsom, son. So Newsom, obviously, California governor. My bad, my bad. Journey Newsom is the guy, and you know what? I love Newsom in this fight. I think if you can especially get him at plus 10, plus 110, plus 105 even. Plus 112 right now on FanDuel. Amazing. Amazing. And I think he's actually great, not only an individual bet, but a great parlay piece because he has the aspect of, and this is where the value comes into play, and this is really where you make your money. So Nuisance, the first fight of the night, if you put him in these parlays and he loses, shit. Just just put the parlay that you wanted without him. I, no big deal. I do the hey, same thing. I lost, I lost whatever it is. I lost whatever I, my yep. half unit, whatever my unit was that I was going to put on him. I'm going to have the same exact guys that I want later in the fight. But now if you advance your legs and you have a book that allows cash outs, you now advance your legs, you're able to get a bigger cash out because of this. So that's something that you got to think. That's why we always talk about multiple books that you want to be a part of. I know Barstool has it, Bovada has it, a couple of others. I can't necessarily say for the locals that have cash out, but... That's something you have to think about when you're betting is and, – and even – so this is the other part of it. This is the other caveat. If, if they don't have cash out, the hedging side of it. So you don't lose money or even you hedge deep enough where you might not make your entire profit of it, but you will win either way. So say you, you your final leg hits, you're up two units, but if you lose, you're up 0.75. You're winning money either way. That's that's the end goal. If you're and it's, talking it's about... It's so nice. That's, that's it, too. I, I don't want to fucking hear about these Twitter cappers that are up on UFC cards that are 75 stop. units. Twitter fuck cappers. yourself. That's, Get the fuck out of here. That's, that's unrealistic. That's stupid money that you're betting it's that's not long right right now anyone that knows any one of those twitter cappers that's up that many units on ufc you know me you know my twitter handle i will go dollar for dollar bet for bet third party tracked game on it 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 doesn't happen 100 percent doesn't happen like that 100% and it's guys that aren't betting their fights that they're saying and it's also Not guys that all. are betting $10 on the fight. Oh, I lost a unit. Oh, it's $2. Like that. I put 20 yeah, units stop. on the fight. Stop. It's $40. I don't I don't want to fucking hear it. That's that's yeah, it. Done. That's not how you do. However, shout out to I will say, you know what? Shout out to your boy Magic that is oh, actually Magic. on PFL cleaned house. This week, so Matt. All right, let me let me just say this publicly for anyone that 
because I get hit up a, a lot about magic. So I came across him several years ago. This is pre-COVID, right? I don't know what Twitter I had, but I have an eye for a winner. Like, he has the eye for combat sports. I didn't even know he was fucking Spanish. I didn't He's know, a like, die-hard combat like, sports guy. Like, from Spain. Like, lives mm-hmm. in the mountains of fucking Spain. Didn't even know. Like, there was a little bit of a language barrier. Whatever. Dude, we got through it quick. I never, ever pay for picks. Ever. Doesn't matter what sport. I was around this dude for a few months, and it was before he even charged for picks. Like, we we would bounce picks, like, back and forth and just pick each other's brain. And I'm like, like, he had, like, 500 followers. I'm like, all right, this guy's going to make it, and I'm going to ride with him. And then he only started charging $30 a card, and that's not terrible. And I always tell everybody, listen, if you don't want to pay for, like, don't pay for picks. There's plenty of free cappers out there. 100%. If you're going to pay for someone, if you're going to pay for someone, they have to be third-party tracked. Why on God's green earth would you give money to somebody with just green check marks all the way down their fucking timeline? Dude. Magic was third-party tracked, and I noticed right off Jump Street that he's more of a prop guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. he'll put some wild shit out there. He's and- So he had a plus, I think he had Rory by submission that hit on PFL today that was plus 650 that he hit. So we're, that's that, what we're talking he, about. Cra- not only really does he hit he hit crazy shit like that on like PFL and he gets all these other lines like hit Juliana Juliana Pena by submission over uh, Nunes Nunes which I liked but I wasn't sure like he called that out like I've I, mean, I I've never met him personally but just through interactions we've gone back and forth I will I will always defend and listen he's not for everybody. He could be abrasive. Uh-huh. His humor dark. <laughs> like he just he doesn't take any of that shit, and I respect that. And he has the eye for combat sports, and he will hit a terrible cold streak. Well, he t- he'll hold say it's props like, like yeah, come on. He'll say that your favorite fighter's a taxi driver on his yeah. YouTube channel. Like that's Which, and you might not agree you, with it, you, and, and necessarily I might not agree with it in the in his the same show way. is hilarious. But I would one hundred percent. I think we need to Bill. You need to give a shout out to him and get him in the number one fighty fight group, the number one sexy fighty fight group that we have on Twitter. You got to give him in there. But magic, other than that, we're gonna get. I will, we will get I will him go to on the this podcast. Of the earth no, no, listen. Not only will I get him on this podcast, I'm actually going to get Felder on his because I did promise him that. That's and awesome. Brought, and then I did bring Felder on ours first. So I do owe Magic that. And I'm telling you, 
that's the kind of guy. Like Quid he's not for right everybody. There. What's that? Quid pro quo right there that you're going to get yeah, Felder on I his and you'll get Magic on ours. Yeah, I absolutely owe Magic that. And out of all the people that I know and I met on Twitter and this and that and all the funny good blah, 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 blah. I will go down with the Magic MMA ship because he was third party tracked from the beginning. He's, yep. he's never hid 1, anything. And he deals with the trolls. He blows them up. He gets a little... He gets a little aggressive sometimes. Like I said, he's not for anybody, but he's got the eye. And I'm telling you, whenever I agree with one of his picks, that's when I load up. Yep, 100% I agree. There's times, too, that I will go against his picks. I'm not saying that I'm a diehard magic, that I'm a right die in any way. But at the same time, I think that he is more right than he is wrong. And the third parties obviously show that. And that is what I respect probably more about him than 90, I would say five. I would, I'm, I want to say 99, but. I would go 99, but you want to go 95, it's cool. I'll go 95 percent of well because i'll lump them all in twitter cappers because say even and i haven't kept up with ours our twitter capping i'm going to start probably after this this fight of restarting this ufc card ufc 274 of what we put out and what we tweet on our cr pod podcast of what we show that we will start tracking those, so hopefully the new fans can learn that hey, we we actually know our shit, even though it's just on the pod. So we will show we that. Do a lot. Of, yeah, we do a lot of this on the fly. I'm telling you. I know we do. All right, but you know what? Let's stop with all. I I said that I loved the first fight of the night with Journey New Sun. Plus whatever it is. That's one of my favorite fights. Let's just get get into the meat of what we want. And that is Uh, the main card of this fight. The main card, to kick off the main card, we have a fight that even Dana White said, "This this is basically... A shot out of the WWE of loser retires type card, and that's Donald Cerrone, Joe Lazan. Bill, what what do you even make of this fight? I think there's a lot of obviously Cerrone's a a legend in this game, but Lazan is obviously a force to be reckoned with. I don't know why they're fighting. <laughs> Cerrone has nothing left to prove. And dude, he's an absolute legend. He's as gangster as they come. Maybe uh, to add up. another fight to his record? I I don't know. Either. Why? Why? At this point though, like Joe you're gonna add Joe Lowe's on? Dude, well, your record going- like 
we will have on this podcast, maybe a Sunday podcast, can't guarantee it, but a talk about how I said earlier in the week that Cowboy Cerrone is the most underpaid fighter that this oh, company man, has maybe. ever seen. Oh, from ah. what he has done from the f- company, it man, they should be giving him buckets from the amount of fights that he has saved coming in on short notice and being able to cut 10, 15 pounds on two, three days notice. I don't ever want to hear someone say that Donald Cerrone hasn't earned his money tenfold. So Cowboy might be that guy, right? Like, he would always cut weight. He'd always answer the bell. Like, he's marketable on top of that? Yeah. 100%. Uh, And you know what? I will say this right now. Stephen A. Smith, for what he said after the Conor McGregor fight about him phoning it in, fuck you. No. That's it right there. Stop, 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 stop. That's it right there. Fuck him. I'm not not even going to go deep into it. That's how I know that it was just ESPN bullshit. Stephen A. Smith, I think, is a great boxing commentator, and he's a personality. Uh, I don't even give him that. No. Well, I will say that Kellerman is way better than boxing. Yeah, you know what? I will say he's a great personality. On he's ESPN. a personality, yeah. yeah. He don't know. He I'll don't know that. shit, dude. He's halfway decent at boxing, but from what he said about Cowboy, put such a sour taste in my mouth from what he said. He said he phoned it in against McGregor when that was a tune-up dude. fight for McGregor. That is such fucking bullshit from what he said. Cowboy Serenity is a you legend in this game. I don't yeah. ever want to no. hear it. McGregor is a god amongst boys. He is a all-time top five fighter, whether you want to believe it or not. He's not. He's not. In terms of the division. Fuck McGregor, too. You know, you're going to get me to go off right now. No, 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 but he in the division, he is. Stephen A. Smith, that dude's a fucking class. Listen, I don't even like Donald Cerrone. I don't like him that much. five better fighters in the lightweight division that's better than, than McGregor? Actually, can and I will. Uh, you're actually getting me to defend Cowboy Cerrone, which I never, ever, ever, never do. I never defend Cowboy, but he might be the toughest motherfucker that's out there. I, I mean, agree. Seriously. I think we might as well just go into this. There's yeah, let's, well, let's do we're it gonna now, go dude. into the main event and then maybe work our way back. But I gotta go into this, and you know what? I'm gonna rip off a little bit of promo for this. I said it at the top of the hour. I'm going to say it again. I think this fight goes over. And you know why I think this fight goes over? Is because I think that Justin Gaethje takes fight in that leg. I think that he invests in the leg kick, that he's able to put Charles into a compromising position to the point where he is basically a sitting duck where he's not able to f- shoot into these double legs. And Oliveira's already not a great wrestler. He's going to need to latch on to you like a monkey. He's going to have to, when the fight gets close, 
Gaethje had a similar fight strategy against Khabib. I think Khabib's a better fighter. Khabib was able to shoot in for the double leg, able to get Gaethje in the mount position, able to get the triangle. We know how that fight goes. I don't see Charles doing that to him. I think Gaethje is able to keep the distance, able to break down that leg, get him into a compromising position. My favorite fight right now that I locked in, a shout-out to We Beat the Threads, a.k.a. Handy. He gave me this fight that was on Bovada, this odds. A shout-out, Handy? Yeah, Handy. I got to give him a shout-out. Round four, round five, decision, Justin Gaethje, plus 600. That is my absolute favorite f- favorite number on this card. I'm putting a full unit and a half on plus 600. I know the odds have changed a little bit based on some of the weight that we're going to talk about shortly, so you might not be able to get it at that same number. But if you're able to get and I know the under is right now about 140. You're able to usually get that a little bit earlier because of the weight cut. I've seen, I would have to look at it right now. Under two and a half right now is plus 120. Almost plus 125, plus minus 145 for the under. I, I don't like the under. I think that there's going to be a lot of chaos in the first couple of rounds. I think both men are going to be able to survive. And I said this in the group chat. This is the thing about missing weight is if you're already a Justin Gaethje backer, this is a great sign for you. But if you were wanting to lean Oliveira and you look at the weight cut, see he missed weight, I wouldn't say to change sides. I'd say just kind of stick with it. He's dropped down to 135. It's almost 30 points from where he was at based on the weight cut. If you thought that Oliveira was going to win and come out with the belt, which he obviously can't now, but if you thought that he was going to be able to come out and win, I would stick with him. And that is a huge Gaethje backer. Man, so that's a very, very, very interesting point. And I've watched the line get steamed. Mm -hmm. I tweeted about this too. Steamed, but it's not like he missed weight because it was a difficult weight cut. The information that I got, he missed weight. There's that sniffle. He missed weight because the scales he had Told him he was good, and uh, I think it's I, I gotta give a shout out, and it's not even a shout out, but I think it's Casey O'Neill. Mm-hmm. You are right? correct. Said like how they're they're used to weighing it. Well, that differs from state to state. So I didn't tweet, I didn't comment, I didn't do anything on this. She is one hundred percent correct. All the fighters have scales in the room. They know they're on it. That's when I think the intent, Oliveira, when he tweeted it out, hey, I'm on weight, I'm good, because he no, was no, no, where he no, but normally I will, I will is. I correct you a little bit after, but keep going, Bill. All right. And then uh, that whole, like, back 
room and then ceremony. Like it's, it varies from state to state. So, and there are discrepancies. I mean, we saw what happened with Habib over that in the UAE. One, I mean, we might not want to talk that. about that one, but that is completely different from what took place. He made it right. Today. And then I, I watch this. It's the, I don't listen. I totally blame Charles Oliver. Like you have to make sure you're one five, five. No excuse for that. Where do you stand, man? I don't know. I will say this. So what is taking place? We've talked about a lot of the, or we've heard exactly what Bill said. What Bill is talking about is there are two scales. There's one in a back room and there's one right before you weigh in. Both of those scales were calibrated a half pound off which is a significant number because that's exactly what Oliveira missed weight by. So when he thought that he was on weight, he was a half pound off. This is where I think there's not much excuse. And that's because I think you should be able to take your own fucking weight in. I think that you should have, because you know what? A regular digital scale would have told you you're half pound over. So if you're relying on a scale and you have to know the commission, this is Make the thing. sure this is doing your homework. You have to realize that the commission in Arizona does not officially regulate the scales that are behind stage. This is the homework nope. you have to do. Because and this is what Casey O'Neill waited on and what I talked about earlier. Yeah, no, go ahead, Jolly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't talk I'm shit so because you know who weighed in motherfucking second on championship weight? My boy, Tell me. Justin Gaethje. And you know who the, the only Done. person that he weighed in after was? Was Rose Namajunas, who is his teammate. And it's yes. ladies first. That's the only reason yes. he weighed in second. If it wasn't Rose, if it wasn't a female, if he didn't have the courtesy to let a female weigh in first, he would have been the first fighter on the scale to smile weigh in on his face at championship weight. And you know yes. what? He looked goddamn good doing it too. He did look good. So, dude, I can't imagine what he weighs right now. I mean, I can't imagine what he weighs right now. But one seventy right go, now. I'll tell you exactly. I know when he was three hours after that he influxed about 10% of his weight that he showed a picture on Instagram that he was 165. I know that after he's hydrated, after he's done everything, he's probably weighing in at 170, 175 right now. Unfortunately, what I love about my state, California, is that they weigh in on fight day so we get the information on just what the influx is but i know that he's 170 right now i can guarantee you that he's sitting and at that 170 won't. weight and you know what and i can't guarantee that charles is sitting at that i think he's sitting closer to a 165 and i think it's dangerous for him to go up when you're given so. those two extra hours that's very dangerous and a shock to your system to go up in the weight class. An interesting point. So Justin hit the weight, right? Flexed up on him, rehydrated properly. Three hours early. And he, 
and he proved it when he showed it because sometimes, like, just because you make the weight doesn't mean you can just drink a bunch of water and electrolytes and put that weight right back mm-hmm. on. That's mm-hmm. not how that works. You have to properly him. cut down so that you can properly put that weight back on. And the fact that Justin sent that picture, like, dude, I'm already 10 pounds back up. Like, I'm feeling good. I hope he feels good. Dude, I want him to win so bad. The only issue I have with it is just because Oliveira didn't make weight doesn't mean he had a bad weight cut. Nope. This is it, too. And he waited so late because he believed he was on it. And I believe he believed he was on it. Twice And had everything there and then when he was light he was oh like everybody forgets Oliveira fought at 145 mm-hmm. like he's not and, but he also uh, he struggled to make weights so it's not out of the picture but based on what he thought but had not is. in the last five years i'm not willing to drag him through listen i've beat the shit out of Oliveira forever for mm-hmm. waste town. hundred percent. But he's like, it's usable. He can miss this half a pound. It's, and this is the one it, time. So inexcusable. Last week, I talked about when Rob Font missed weight against Cheeto Vera. I ripped into the fact that I feel that it should have been 50-50, that it's unfair for the fighter to have a windshield bonus. If you want to listen to exactly what I said, go back and listen to the last episode. This is the only time that I think that the punishment fits the crime, and I'm not saying that the weight cuts are hard. I said that at the top of the hour. I know the weight cuts are hard. I know how difficult it is. But at the same time, this is what you sign up for. for. That. And when you lose you the pay-per-view sh- points, when you lose the title, this is the only time that I think that the the quote-unquote crime matches the punishment. Because... And that's the most embarrassing shit in the world. Like, dude, you had this huge card that everybody is going to buy. Everybody's going to buy it. 100%. Look at the list from top to bottom. And you miss by a half a pound. You're like You gave up your pay-per-view points for a monster card. And God forbid you fucking lose. Because you're going Dubronx down is, so far on the rankings. Dubronx is not that old, right? No. Like he's, uh-uh. He has the re- He's, what, 34, 35? Give me one. And he's got the records for most submissions, most finishes. Like he's he is the phenom. He actually should be on the Mount Rushmore of greatest MMA fighters of all time At when it goes down. He's a submission artist too. He's only 32 years old. Ex- ex- what did I say? 33, 34 and I mm-hmm. was too old. He's 32. The dude is just He's got a great thing. the veneers on him as well. I got to get those too, but <laughs> and, 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 listen, dude, you're making me defend Oliveira, and I'm I, just the disrespect alone is insane. I'm Unless not- he's found some crazy steroids, which 
God bless you. The dude's been around. He's been in more fights. Than he's got the most submissions, I think, in UFC history, he right? 100%. Most he finishes, yep, right, he because of those. About two, if I'm not mistaken. And you just said he's, what, he's 32 years old? 32 years old, 89, October 17th. What the, what the, what the fuck are we talking about? So he has to go down. That's as one of the UFC Mount Rush. Like he, he's thirty-two. He's got a great story about being able to to flip the script of losing. If I'm not mistaken, it was like six and sixteen or whatever it was in his last fights. He lost. He went sixteen and or he went uh, like twelve and six. In his last eighteen, I think it was. It was. Can't remember the exact number. Don't slay me for not remember the exact number. But whatever, no easy fights. He went on a bad streak. At the end of the day, well, he was able to flip a script. And this is the thing about the main event. This is what's so exciting about it. Is it all the variables? are on the table. Unless you tell me that Justin Gaethje's get a win by submission, I will basically agree with any sort of capping you want if you give me a halfway reasonable explanation. Justin Gaethje ain't get a win by submission unless it's a Oliver is basically knocked out and unconscious and Herb Dean's the referee and then he gets Stop. on his back and chokes him out. That's Stop. That's Stop the it. only one. Stop it. So yeah, there is no scenario. That's it. I, I just submission. I just nailed it down. I don't know who the okay. referee is. Nobody does yet. Her in, let him. Oh, I do. Her, Dude, that's public information. Is it already? Oh, for sure. Who is it? Wait, is it Friday? Yeah, because it's Friday. Who's the ref? I will DM you later. No, say it right now on the pod. I can't. I got to look it up, but I know it's public by now. They have to, by state athletic commission law. Is it by AZ? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Hopefully, NYSAC I think has to provide it, forty-eight hours notice. Hopefully, it's Beltran, because hopefully, also a little spoiler for some of these guys. I'm hoping to get Beltran on the the podcast here as well, too. So that's oh, that's an exciting one. But yes, so unless you have Charles Oliveira knocked out and they don't want to call the fight, and then Justin Gaethje no. has his back and wants to choke him out, other than Never Gaethje's really submission, everything's on the board. Because you know what? Oliveira's got some power in his hands, man. He does. So here's the here's the here's what's fucked up. He does. And I think he's always had it. He just finally learned how to use it. And then sometimes people fall in love with that. And Oliver, you know, he had a couple KOs in a row. He's like, oh, this is cool. I don't think he's fallen in love with it. And I think he's that dangerous on the feet to where Gaethje just can't can't answer. I think Oliver can answer Gaethje on the feet. Gaethje cannot answer Oliver on the ground. I hate I hate to say no, it. No, 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 no. 
see, this is the thing, too, is if Oliveira can get Gaethje on the ground, I think it's... This is basically what I talked about when... Um, when our girl was talking... Oh, what's her name? Holy shit. Hold on. Give me a second, Bill. What's her name? Um, Who? Fucking goddamn. Dude. Uh, you won't Megaton's, get it. You can do whatever Megaton's you want. Megaton's daughter. Who? Megaton's daughter. Oh, Mackenzie Dern. Okay, okay. Give me a second. Just, just say... Right. Oh, I couldn't I remember that. I'm hammered right now. No, it's fine. I'm the same thing. Yeah, when we have Mackenzie Dern say on the ground where it is this just absolute advantage on the ground for one fighter versus some of these fighters, that I. But at the same time, Gaethje's lost when he's wanted to take this same mentality of this range of danger of, say, this 24 inches where I can't let this fighter get close. Because he's got the range. He's got much longer range. He's got about a two-foot range outside of that that he's able to strike. He's able to turtle up, go high shell, able to come up with the right overhand, switch his feet, that's the thing, too, is I don't know if Charles is able to key. recognize that foot switch. That's, you switch the, that's the difference. Is, that's a big unknown. If, if you're able, Big unknown! This is the thing. When Justin goes into his shell like he's hurt, this is the thing. He, and a lot of the times, Justin will get, you'll tag him, and he'll go into his high shell. And he'll switch his feet where he'll get his right foot outside of your left foot. And he'll come in with this overhand right that clips you on the temple. That's where he makes his money. Where if you're not able to recognize this, and this is something that we talked about earlier before we started recording is there's a fight fog where it is very difficult when you start taking these punches to recognize these little subtle changes. And when Justin's able to go high guard, block his temples, block his forehead, nose, all of that, and he's got an excellent high guard, I think the only hard guard I've ever seen that is more... Protective than Justin is Peter Yan. I think Peter Yan has unequivocally the best high guard of anyone in the UFC, and I would have to go Justin Gaethje second. So when Justin Gaethje goes high guard, he's able to switch these feet, get his right foot outside, and that gives him the angle to go either right at your forehead, right at the nose, to break the nose, be able to bring some of the swelling and really bring into effect these punches or he's able to clip the temple that's going to put you out cold or at least put you so, right down on your ass. And if true. you're not able to true. to recognize this, which I don't think Oliveira is, and especially, you know what, if this takes place in the fourth round like I think it is, that's why I'm wanting to go 4-5 decision plus 600, is 
when you start taking all of these punches, it's really hard to recognize that. And these punches come fast. Justin Gaethje's hands are fast. And you know what? I think that a lot of people haven't watched his Road to Glory series. And normally, I hate when fighters put their shit on YouTube. I think you should kind of shout out to Lil Wayne, work in silence like lasagna, you know, the GN lasagna. Yes, sir. Uh I think that you most of the time should not post your shit on YouTube, IG, all of that. This is a little bit different. He's not posting his sparring sessions. He's kind of posting his training and stuff like that, showing his nutrition, talking about it. Also, shout out, I haven't seen our boy DB in the background yet, but I've been looking. Landau Fitness, shout out to them. Obviously putting Justin Gaethje in the best shape possible, so shout out to to Landau Fitness. But I I just think that it's one of those that once you get into this this war fog, that it's really hard to see those punches coming. The feet. And that's also, if you're looking down at the feet, you're kind of fucked with the punches. Truth, right? So, the war fog is kind of cool to translate, and this is maybe why I've gravitated towards certain fighters and we've gotten along with not having much in common. Because they train and they discipline for so long. And then you get punched in the face, right? Mm-hmm. And then that just kicks in. It's it's that fog. Military is not much different. You know, train, discipline, so long. You want that training to kick in. And it's it's just, it's eerily similar, yet I can't possibly try and tie them together. It It is... And there is some similarities of you have a very good similarity of knowing that when the shit hits the fan, you resort back to your training. And so it's really, I think in this fight, at the end of the day, it's going to be whose training is better. And you know what? As big of a giant fan as I am, I think Trevor Whitman's better better coach that's it me too that at the end of the day i think it's gonna come back to coaching and when whitman trains these guys and so i don't know i i might might be leaking some information i know we don't got a ton of listeners on this podcast so i don't think it's gonna get us in too much trouble but we got a little leaked information that gaichi leading up to this fight had been submitted three times by some of the guys they brought in. And while that can be concerning to some, I know the motherfuckers they brought in. And they are creme de la creme submission artists, just like Charles. And I think that Gaethje realizes that if he lets Charles get close, it's over. I just and I don't go to the it can't. Jolly, it can't go to the ground. It that's can't. it. Matthew. It can't. It can't. It, this is what we talked about earlier. And, and if it goes the to the ground, chat. you gotta you gotta be Tony Ferguson where you're yes. where no, you it's save over. my arms it's over. Going to break. 
from a armbar. Done. It cannot go to the ground. And listen, I love Gaethje. I want Gaethje to win. It cannot go to the ground. All right. We're already about an hour 20 into this podcast. Yep. We've been talking about who we think. We've been talking about the scenarios. Official fight card. Bill, let's go main event first. Who do you have? Well, I'm going to rip this shot real quick. Do it live. Perfect. This is we we All both right. can admit that we are in the championship rounds. We are four or five. Who do I like games. in the main event? I still like Charles Oliveira, and I like him by sub, and I like it early, within the first three rounds. <laughs> I actually have a separate bet. Oliveira by sub in the first round. I've already locked it in. I don't want it to happen. I think it does. Tragically enough. I am going to... Bill, you know I love you, man. I think Charles Oliveira by submission is the most sucker bet you can fucking place on this entire card because no yes no 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 i think in the first round if you want to take him it's decent but unless if you want to take charles Oliveira by submission when i checked it last it was about plus 110 if you want to take that on value you're a fucking sucker that i don't care if it happens i don't care if he subs him immediately if you take Oliver a sub totally that's the worst value bet you can take on this card that's now, actually I a really think, solid advice <laughs> now i think i think that Olivera if you if you are i'm Oliver backing Oliver by KO is a great is a great bet now i'd have to look at what yeah, the, it is the um, the totals are. I'm trying to see. What? Give me a second. You're talking about Oliver by KO is plus seven seventy on most cards here. If you like Oliver, sprinkle something on that. You, Come on, you got to because Oliver's got the hands. Whether you're going yes, ground, he does. or some and Gaethje's yeah, yeah, anything. Gaethje is Come always on. willing to take the punch to get the punch. And if you're saying especially based on the Chandler fight, that Oliver can knock you out. And I agree that Oliver can knock you out. So can you not sprinkle a little bit of Oliver inside the distance? At least. So if you... Well, inside the distance is still high because of the submission factor. So ITD Uh. is, is about 150, if I'm not mistaken. But if you go up to by knockout, you're wait, getting wait. 750 here, 750, oh. 700, depending on the book you're on. What can With I get? all oh, that there. being said, there is no way in hell that I am going against my favorite fighter on this card. You can say as much as you want about me. I'm gonna give you the breakdown right here. We're gonna post this. I'm gonna post this clip to Twitter. And this is exactly how the fight's going to go down. I'm going to Nostradamus shit this right now. Wait, and that's, this. that's Justin Gaethje's going to 
to invest in the lead leg. He's going to break that down. The first round, maybe the first two rounds, are going to be an absolute hellfire. Oliveira might even get Gaethje down to the ground. Gaethje's going to be able to survive. It's going to be an absolute wild man fight. I think either it's Gaethje, that Oliveira gets Gaethje to the ground or that it's just a complete stand-up. We go into the second round, maybe some more of the same, close distance. Gaethje's looking to invest in that leg once again. Five, ten kicks to that leg, and Oliver's compromised. That's exactly it. Now, we go into the third round, and that is it, too. This is the big one. I think we go into the third round and past it. So I'm not only going to say that my boy, Justin Gaethje, wins. I'm saying that it's going over, which is about what everybody and their mother is on the opposite. And Gaethje is going to do exactly what he did to Tony Ferguson, and that's pick him apart. And I think that there is a fourth, fifth-round finish. Break down that leg to the point that Charles really can't even move forward. You're picking him apart. Maybe a standing TKO. Maybe you break him down to the ground and you sort of get into the side guard position where Charles can't get you into a submission. Because if Jace Gaethje's smart and Trevor Whitman's a genius, they will know that as soon as Charles hits the floor, unless it is a TKO position that you're able to just ground and pound him out, you stand up. You get him on the stand up. You... You are willing to, with Oliveira, take the punches. If Oliveira knocks you out, that's how you lose. You do not lose this fight on the ground. That is, that uh, that should be the only thing that Whitman and Gaethje say is, I will not lose this fight on the ground. And that's why I, oh. I will be having heart palpations the entire fight. I said about a month ago that I was not oh, going to bet man. on Justin Gaethje, but here I am, motherfucking betting on my boy, Justin Gaethje. And here I am just just to have a conversation. Listen, Whitman's a genius, right? Whitman's awesome. They're going to have that game plan. Yeah, I get that, but what happens when it does go to the ground? Like, Justin has to have drilled some wrestling, right? Not wrestling. We know he's a, an amazing wrestler. That's the difference, too. This is the interesting Never aspect. used is, it. Does it get... No. This is the interesting aspect. Is, is it a hidden piece? Is it a hidden piece that we have not seen... And he, you know what? Peace for the Guess last. What? It's not so two, hidden. Two, three fights. No, it's not so hidden because Khabib is different, dude. Khabib's built different. When we're talking about weight, when we're talking yeah, about yeah. the for sure, the takedown, for sure, for sure. Khabib's built different. Yeah, yeah done. Alien. You know who's He's an alien. You know who's a far superior wrestler than Oliveira? Don't say who. Chandler. And you know who couldn't take Gaethje down? You know who, when 
He shot in so deep onto that double leg that he was able to get into a scramble position off of a suplex roll. It's gauging. He was able to channel the fight. Do you remember how far he was into that single leg? Into that high card single? And he did a front flip roll to get into a scramble position. That is insane for a high-level wrestler to let up. And this is in Arizona, not an Arizona University, obviously, but an Arizona State guy. A guy from the state of Arizona, sorry, not ASU. A guy from the state of Arizona that is a high-level, national championship-caliber wrestler. And obviously, you get the guys from Dagestan that, that are... Crazy. So we're. I'm. I'm not even. That that could be fight. Honestly, he showed that he's able to to throw the punches with the threat of a takedown. I thought he was a little bit too excited in that fight. Like the moment was a little too big for him. And I think it was an excellent learning moment for him to not get exhausted in that first round because he was getting a little bit of the happy feet and he was worried about that takedown. Obviously so, because that takedown's what ended the fight. But the threat of the takedown, honestly, isn't there this fight. The threat of the distance is, but the threat of the takedown is not there. There. Nope. So if you're willing to not be threatened by the takedown, willing to separate the distance and stay boxing and kickboxing with Oliveira, Gaethje's going to fuck him up. Hope so. After Oliveira missed weight, I hope so. I do too. It's an, it is I hate an that. excellent fight. I hate that. Bill, we got to bring in, what is your wild Bill... Plus money play of the week, though. Going back and forth. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to reach back into what got me into MMA. It's an old dog. It's an old fight. The fighters are known. I'm actually taking Joe Lozon inside the distance against Cowboy Cerrone. Give me Joe. I'll take him. I think he's got a little more left in the tank. Cowboy's an absolute legend. I just think Joe's elbows are a little more pornier. See if I'm right. And and that just ITV that you're taking him there? Just inside the distance. Yeah, I it's tough, man. Especially because when you realize what Dana White said in the interview about this is kind of the the loser retires fight. It is, they should it's both tough to retired see either five of years them. ago. No, I I agree with you there, but at the same time, there's it's tough to see a legend go, man. Uh, yeah, I I get it, and I, honestly, it's two legends. Not just what like cowboy. Well, either one. Is. That's what I mean. It's both. Cowboy of these guys. might be might be on Mount Rushmore, right? 
I mean, he's... I, I don't see, and Conor McGregor actually said pretty cool statement that he thinks that the UFC should give Cowboy a, a belt for some of the records that he's broken for time in the octagon, for yes. the Officially, amount of fights that he's taken. Yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah, he, he gets... All of it. He took and they, he took some goddamn damage from Gaethje too, to the point where Gaethje was yelling out the at the ref for how much. Which, it, and this is the thing too. It's and after that fight, you're talking about a man that hits who Khabib said hits harder than anyone he's ever fought before. Cowboy came up and in the post fight interview said, "Hey, I'm sorry, I couldn't take any more." punishment from it who the fuck says that that guy i mean listen i might not agree with a lot of cowboy or might not be a fan but he no one gets more respect in an mma circle than cowboy cerrone i mean you just can't percent it's 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 such without and i don't even really like the guy but it's it's such without question what he's done, what he's been through, all the different organizations, all the different fights, the wars he's been in, the number of wins, bringing other fighters up. I mean, it's he's instrumental. He and it's another guy that I don't like, Uriah Faber. Not a big Uriah Faber guy, but you know what? The fucking guy is doing everything he can to bring everybody else up. Mm-hmm. But I, I still fucking hate Cowboy. And I'm still going to play Joe Lowe's on inside <laughs> the distance. I don't think it is a bad bet. We will have all no, of No, it's our... going to go the distance. They're going to go the 15 minutes. And they're going to, you know, right, I think so shake too. each other's hands yeah, and rub each other what? down. You know what I mean? It has that whole fucking vibe written all over. You know what I would love if more than anything, Fuck. both of those boys put their gloves in the center of the octagon and had that be what they said their, their final fight. And if they... And that's... Because you know what's awesome? And you know what? I... This is one I disagree with some of the... You have Mauricio Shogun Hua on the next fight coming up, who is a legend himself. But I would really have loved if they swapped those two positions and had Cerrone Lozon as the fourth fight, and then you kind of have both of these guys. If... God willing, they have both of them leave their gloves in the octagon and sort of hug it out. That's my dream, man. If they do that, Agree. I will die a happy man. If they both say, hey, this is it. It goes the distance. They have war. And something similar to almost uh, Roxanne had, that kind of war with regardless of who wins. But if man. they both leave their gloves in the octagon, that is a legendary performance, legendary careers that I would be willing to see end on tonight's oh, card. You've you've swayed me to the like all right, listen. I always respect Roxanne by the far. I got it. But don't she's trash, but yeah. 
We're talking about Cowboy Cerrone and Joe Lozon. Like, if they go the distance and both lay their gloves in oh the octagon. Oh, God. I just checked the odds, though. Goes or no, wait, wait a second. I hold the fuck up. Fight goes the distance is sitting right around plus 170. Take it. Uh, Listen. I read so, it wrong. Fight inside the distance is plus 210. I'll tell you. I'm taking this. I am. You know what? Official play right now on the pod. Official play. Fight goes oh, the distance. Oh, I'm going to write it down. Yeah, Jolly. Yep, I'm going to write it down it. right now. Fight goes the distance, Cerrone Lozon. Fight goes the distance, plus 175 on Bovada. I'm I'm putting a unit, depending on how tipsy I get, by the time that fight takes place, might be a unit and a half to plus two. You got to follow the Twitter, at Jolly Roger Betts, to get whether or not I, I take... An extra unit or just an extra half unit? So I'll tell you what I locked in already. I've already bet Joe Lozon wins in one. Joe Lozon wins in one by sub. I could see it. I could see it as well. That that could ruin the fight. Goes and, I tell you, and I tell you what. If goes the distance, is, is it plus 175 like you just said? I'll hedge out of all of it. We're good. Yeah, I think that's... Fight goes the distance is going to be my fight of the night. But we've had those two. Um, Bill, by his heart, is on Gaethje. My money's on Gaethje. My heart, should not be denied, is on Gaethje. I will be... I have said, and you will see on my Twitter, that I will be writing... The Peloton I have in my house because of the nerves, and so at oh, absolute that's that's how you know you are a real fight fan is when you get nervous for your favorite fighter, probably more than they are nervous. So I'll be riding the Peloton, streaming the fight. It's how nervous I will be when this card when this main event comes out. Follow us both at Bill Sports Cards, at Jolly Roger Betts, at you gotta our boy isn't here right now, but at Hodat H E U H E A U X D A T for just at Hodat. We gotta have him on that. Follow us all at CR Pod. We're gonna have some amazing content coming out. Come July in Vegas, first week of July, that card. We're going to be all over social media, so just can't wait for you guys to follow us there. Amazing card. I know that I personally will probably be all over Twitter and the Twitter spaces. Unless Gaethje loses, then you'll have to respect my privacy. But other than that, I will be all over Twitter tweeting about this card and talking about it. If you want to talk to me about this card and my insight go right ahead but i am so excited bill you got any last thoughts before we end this pretty goddamn long podcast 
At longer, a little longer than expected. Not much to add. I think you hit all the bases. Uh, just hate to see a champion miss weight. That's maybe the biggest issue that I have on this card as well. Just uh, it, it really just kind of a a tough thing to see. So. Hate to see it. We'll see what that affects coming in the the fight. But for Bill and I, we are out. And thank you for listening.